Thank you for today's Conduit Leadership Podcast. My name is Jerry Beerman, owner-operator of Alluring Glass. I got my buddy, Rick Meyer, owner-operator of Meyer Brothers and Sons. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jerry. So today we're going to talk about narratives. And um, I'm actually, I'm actually going, to, going to title this Crack the Code. However, uh, I have not cracked the code. But I, but I want to crack the code. I've been, I, you know, I get to spend a lot of time with smart people like you. And uh, I had lunch with a guy, Michael Krager, um, a couple days ago. And one of the things that Michael and I were talking about was, um, you know, and he was talking about his eight and 10 year old kids, about the stories that he's trying to get them to tell themselves and reintroduce to them. So I'll, I'll give you, and I know you've got young boys, so this will resonate with you. Kids are not born with stories in their heads, right? So they, based uh-huh. on their personal experience and their upbringing and influences, that narratives start to be told. So Michael, Sunday night, was talking to his 10-year-old son that played soccer that day, and his son was exhausted. And he said, I am so proud of you, son. And he said, he said, because you're because you're exhausted, which means you worked so hard today in your soccer games. And he said, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm proud of you because you did or didn't score goals. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Because, I'm proud of you because you worked really hard today. And that got us on the, that that the conversation of narratives that young and old people tell themselves and they reinforce those. And uh, one other, Uh one other quick example, and then I want to, I'll shut up and get your, your insight. Um, When I'm, when I am uh, working in the yard or, you know, carrying one of the examples I've used recently is carrying uh, drywall up to the third floor of our house uh, years ago. And I was sweating profusely. It was the summertime and I'm carrying these sheets of drywall up the three flights of stairs and I was a bucket of sweat. And I was telling myself, this is good. Like, this is, this is great. I love sweating and I love, you know, I love doing things that make me tell myself a narrative that this is really hard and this is really good. I'm sweating. This is good. And then other people might start to sweat and they tell themselves a narrative that this sucks. This is terrible. I don't want to sweat. And I'm wondering, like, how do you, how do you help younger or older people start to become aware of the narratives they're telling themselves? And then how to start changing narratives that aren't helpful. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's, that's tough and powerful. Um, one thought I had about the, 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 pre- the first story about congratulating or his son on, on working hard is this idea of you, you correct behavior, you don't correct the person. And that's something that I've been trying to do as well with my boys is, you know, you're it's, hey, you get an A on your test. Hey, it's not, hey, good job because you're smart. It's good job because you worked hard. 
and trying to encourage the uh, the work for, around it and the effort, not not you know, hey, you are smarter, hey, you're stupid, you know. If the converse is true, like uh, you know, like you you did bad, it's like hey, you know, maybe you need to work harder. So, and it is powerful, and I, and I do feel like, especially in in young people, especially in children, we have the ability as as older people to influence and shape their narrative and it's on one hand it's encouraging and exciting the other hand it's just scary yeah because i'm just praying i don't screw my kids up you know yeah and and what am i what am i telling them that might might be feeding into a the wrong narrative that they're telling themselves yeah so if, if i'm chatting with a you know a early early to mid 20 year old about you know where they're at to your point about carrying drywall it sounds like a mind game and it is yeah it is but there's more to it than just you know it's that simple but it's and it's that profound but it's not that simple yeah and what i mean by that is 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 i have a, a friend that we get together regularly and and he grew up in um a you know a pretty rough upbringing yeah uh, his dad never never told him he loved him yeah um and so it's just this it's 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 a place in his life where he feels like he is not good enough yep he feels like no matter what he does no matter how hard he tries he's a failure and this is the undercurrent to everything that he subconsciously believes about him Self. And so when he walks into a classroom and, you know, in, in college, his undercurrent is, I'm, I'm not enough. I'm a, I'm not, I'm a fail at this. If he mm-hmm. sits down across the table from a beautiful lady, he's, you know, he's nervous and yep. he's, he doesn't have any type of self-esteem and it's, you know, it's, it's I'm a failure and she doesn't like me. And, and so, and it, and that, I mean, it goes into so many directions, uh, spiritually, emotionally. And so I think it's really important for us as individuals to understand, to observe the narratives that we're telling ourselves, which oftentimes we can't discover unless we understand the actions or or observe the actions and then do some digging to try to unearth what's beneath those actions or beneath those words. And so, if you have trusted friends that can that could listen smartly to I, you're saying this, but what I think where I think that's coming from is here. So really trying to observe what's underneath the surface in order to understand the stories that we're telling ourselves, because that influences our behavior, that influences our happiness, that influences our relationships, and influences so much of who we are. Yeah, I wonder, and, and again, this could you know, in sense of the time, um, I wonder if, I wonder if you journaled or you said out loud to somebody you really trust what you're thinking. Um, and so, you know, again, you and I are, you know, I consider you a, a, a very close friend. If you and I are working on the farm and you knew that I just struggled with, uh, doing things that were incredibly uncomfortable like um you know so you know we're cutting down some trees on the farm 
and you know that I'm struggling with like the narrative of, of hard work, um, you know, getting, getting stuff done when I don't want to do it. I wonder if I said it out loud, like, Hey Rick, here's right now. What I'm thinking is I'd rather be watching Netflix. Like I, I just like, I, I, I want to be engaged in cutting down these trees and working hard. But the narrative that I'm telling myself is I, I want to be eating lunch and watching Netflix. If I said it out loud, even if you weren't around, if I said it out loud and then tell yourself a different narrative, you know, that, um, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm just wondering, like, even for myself, I'm, you know, how do I help other people in this area? And then how do I help myself? Um, because at I'm 54. And so when I'm, I mean, the narrative's so burned into my brain, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm subconsciously, I'm not even consciously thinking about not cutting down the trees and sweating. I'm, you know, subconsciously thinking, I don't want to be doing this. This sucks. I want to be watching TV and eating, um, eating a meal. So I wonder that balance between like how ingrained is that narrative? And then how do you, how do you recognize it? How do you, how do you recognize, yeah. how do you recognize those narratives? I, you have to, yeah, I think I, several ways. One to your point is, is to speak it, speak how you're feeling. Um, and another, another one is that I have found helpful is, um, to observe the, the nuances of your own heart and thoughts. So if you're in a situation and you start to feel a certain way, you start, try to identify why you're feeling that way. And, um, and then, and then work to, to change the story that you're telling yourself because everyone's telling us. We're all telling ourselves a story. It's just a matter of what it is. And, and one of my favorite examples of this um, is uh, a young woman shares this story about kind of her insecurities. And she talks about how whenever she's in a room and uh, she sees someone and, you know, say she sees a couple other girls in, in a corner talking and laughing and kind of looking at her. Yes. So, you know, the narrative that 99% of the people will tell themselves is they're talking about me. They're making fun of me. Yeah. What's why are they doing that? Yeah. And, and embarrassment. So she, she says, what I tell myself is they're planning my surprise birthday party. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And that's what I think about. So it's literally like, you know, and it's this, it's goofy and it's silly, but it's true. Yeah. It's like, how can we how can we tell ourselves a different story? And for me, pre COVID, um, over the years, it's, it's been this narrative of busyness. So I have so much work to do. I have so many things on my plate that I am perpetually busy, overwhelmed and overworked. Yeah. Now, regardless of the truth and reality of that, what I began to do is tell my, is, is to stop just to breathe and say, you know what? Right now, I'm not busy, right. and I can do I can do all that's on my plate, and things that don't get done will be there tomorrow. Yep. And I'm not disappointing anyone or letting them down. Yep. And I'm not I'm not busy. And so when people would say like, "Oh, I'm sure you're busy," I'm like, "No, no, I'm not." Or it's like, "Hey, you probably don't have any time to you know to chat." I'm like, "I have all the time in the world." Yeah. When would you like to get together? Yeah. And starting to change this idea of, of instead of 
me always feeling busy is telling myself that I'm not busy and I can handle what's in front of me and things will get done and it's all okay. Yep. That's good. That's good. Well, I think a, yeah, you know, and again, I was taught in uh, transformational leadership, uh, TFA thoughts, feelings, actions, like, you know, sometimes, unfortunately for many of us, like me, I've got to reflect back on my actions. Like, why was I such a jack wagon with Rick the other day at the farm? Like, why was I, I mean, I, I, I recognize a day later that I was just such a jerk. I mean, I was just, it was terrible. Why did I, why did I act that way? And then re-engineer back, well, I felt this way and I thought this, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be cutting down trees, sweating my tail off. I wanted to be sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix. And, uh, you know, so unfortunately for people like myself, I've got to re-engineer something, you know, that I'm not proud of my actions. And I'd like to get ahead of it at 54, right? I'd like to spend the next 50 years getting ahead of that. And I think in some ways I do, you know, with my wife and I, she'll say something and it'll start, man, I'll start some feelings. And I've most of the time, most of the time I bite my tongue. I don't say I don't say what I'm thinking and then I have to reprogram myself because I know if I say what I'm thinking, this is going to escalate. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I could, I could talk all day about this here. I think it's one of the most important skills to have as whatever age you are. Yeah. Um, to to understand the narratives that someone has, has written for you that you need to rewrite or that you have written for yourself and that you need to either affirm or deny. Yep. That's good. Well, we'll carry, we'll pick this back up next time um, and see if we can get uh, even a little deeper on this. So I appreciate your wisdom and insight once again, my friend.